we've been thinking about opening the doors for a long time. And so now as we uh, try and uh, open up these words together, as we invite the Holy Spirit to speak through these words and into our imaginations, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your holy word that brings light into the darkness. And we pray this morning as we consider all that it means to be your people and to fully rely on you, that you might speak through these words, that you might transform all our lives and that you might send us out into your word to live and work for your praise and glory. Amen. So I mentioned at the beginning of our service together that uh, we had been able to be uh, in church. We've set up uh, a few chairs. We borrowed them actually from our friends at St. John's uh, because they're wipe cleanable. Um, and uh, it's good to have uh, good health and safety and uh, hygiene regimes uh, in these difficult times. But very important that we're able to open up. We're going to be uh, doing some disinfecting fogging as well before people gather on Wednesday. So thank you to, to Dale for your support in that too. And all the PCC and everybody else who's been involved in writing risk assessments. But we've been thinking a lot about what it means to be church over these few weeks and months. How important is the building? What is it that we are each called to? What is it that we have been doing to be the people of God, perhaps not gathered, but definitely sent? What is it that God has been up to over these weeks? Where can we see those signs of the kingdom at work in our own experiences as we look for God's hand at work in the world? Where have we been going? How has our own journey of discipleship been as we've been separate from one another? What are the things that as we've thought and prayed are still this important to us? What are the things that we've lost that we need to regain? What have we enjoyed that we need to continue? One of the things that's really been missing for me is our ability to show hospitality. As we journeyed through June together and we heard those amazing talks on generosity, as we looked through Luke's gospel and considered all that we have in Christ and all that we have already been given and all that we could do as a response. How can we be a people of welcome, a people with open doors? Our hospitality is essential to how we show and bring about God's kingdom here. As God sends folk to us, we want to be able to be as welcome as possible, as welcoming as possible. I was having a conversation with another church leader this week. All my meetings uh, have been taking place in the cathedral grounds most recently. Um, and uh, they were saying to me that uh, one of their members of the church had presented them with a rotor completely filled up, servers and refreshment, those who were reading, those who were um, uh, uh, collecting and counting the collection, 
um, just a complete rotor with everything in it you could possibly imagine to be a church filled up all the way until January. It reminded me of that question you may be familiar with. What's the similarity between a church and a helicopter? Well, the closer you get, the more chance there is of getting sucked up into the rotors. Perhaps the rotor is not the mark of what it means to be church. Perhaps it's the hope that we carry and present to the world. So our gospel's in two parts today. A section missing, and I encourage you to go and read those words as we hear from Jesus about what it means to follow him. But it's not necessarily a burden. But first, I think there is a challenge to us all. Jesus was offering us a chance to embrace a different kind of kingdom vision. Different, perhaps, to the ones that we might have imagined through our childhood. Different to the ones that might have been portrayed in paintings that have shaped, perhaps, some of our understanding about who God might be that might not be correct. A little earlier in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus had outlined this vision in the Sermon on the Mount. And now he was living out that teaching wherever he went in the towns and villages all over Galilee. He was living it out in the streets and in houses and homes filled with laughter and with friendship. It's so easy for us to feel that the things that are of God, can't, things can't be of God if we're enjoying it. But it is clear from the Gospels that that is not the life that Jesus lived. John came living in the wilderness wearing hair shirts and eating locusts. People said he was mad. Jesus is social. He enjoys eating and drinking with his friends and those that he meets along the way. The people said he was a drunkard. Jesus is showing how powerful God's kingdom vision is. But the people didn't want it. They were ready with any excuse. He's a demon. He's got a demon in him. He's a guzzler, a drunkard. He's the one they warned us about. Anything to avoid the issue of facing who Jesus really is. So I think that is the challenge from this passage for us today. As we look to head tentatively and safely out of lockdown. What are those things that we say? Or have said? What are the excuses that we have made that help us to avoid playing our individual parts in building God's kingdom? I used to do a lot. Time for a rest. God wouldn't really want me. I'm not so sure. There's some things in my past that I'm not proud of. All those things are dealt with by Jesus on the cross. All of us can always play a full part in the kingdom of God, of pointing each other and our neighbours to Jesus. Jesus who is the hope of the world. But what about those things also that we accuse each other of? Those things that we question of other people that get in the way of us being the people God needs us to be. As we reflect on Generous June, it can be really easy to reduce our participation to a financial transaction. But that's not how God's economy works. 
Our response needs to include us following Jesus, living it out in the streets and in the homes filled with laughter and with friendship. Jesus is announcing God's kingdom. He's putting God's powerful love to work in the world, bringing about healing, forgiveness, new life. That is now the task of the church. That's what the Great Commission is all about. Matthew's Gospel ends with these words. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So here in Matthew 11, before that final mission trip to Jerusalem, Jesus realizes that the other people he has met, including the religious leaders, his own followers, and all the others he bumps into along the way, do not have the same awareness of who his father is, did not know him in the way that he does. I wonder, when you think about all that you do for all saints or your church, wherever you are, whichever community you are part of, is your experience of God one of his love and his healing and his forgiveness and his new life? Is that your prayer today? Or does it all feel a bit too difficult a bit too much to bear? Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Jesus says, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I think life is best lived in the right rhythm. It's what drummers call being in the groove. When When you're feeling the rhythm so deeply that you can't not stay in it. We didn't practice this, but perhaps, Jacob, could you just lay down a little groove for us? As that rhythm starts to wash over us, we can walk within it. We can step to it. Perhaps where you are, you might want to jump up on your feet and walk along. So you can walk in that rhythm. You fit in the groove, not too fast, not too slow. Sat in the groove, in step with the song. Jesus says to us today, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. That was fun, wasn't it? Many of you would have heard me say that the disciples of the rabbis of Jesus' time were known to be caked in the mud of the rabbis. They would walk behind them as their sandals would flip up the dust and the grime. Those who were close to their 
teachers would get caked in the mud. It was a process of uh, uh, selection that would weed people out. Only the best of the best became disciples. Jesus, Jewish writings for a thousand years had spoken really warmly about the wisdom of the wise. They knew that God gave wisdom to those that feared him. The long tradition of Torah study would make it so that the very best, the elite, would be able to follow in their footsteps. They're the ones who would ultimately know God. For the average Jew of Jesus' day, this put wisdom about as far out of reach as being a brain surgeon or a rocket scientist. You'd need to have been a scholar. You'd need to be trained in languages and in literature. You'd need to have an extraordinary memory. You'd need to have loads of time to ponder the, and to discuss great weighty truths. Against that backdrop, Jesus offers this most welcome, the most encouraging invitation that has ever been offered. Come to me, all those who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Come to me, all of you. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. The Pharisees had spoken about taking on, calling to carry the yoke of the Torah. This is a yoke, by the way. The heavy burden of the Jewish law with all its commandments. Jesus offers a different yoke, coming from his mercy and his love, easy to bear. But could following Jesus really be that easy? He said himself that people had to be prepared to leave behind their family, their possessions, even their own life. The welcome he offers is for all who abandon themselves to his mercy. It is the welcome that God offers through him. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. This is the invitation which pulls back the curtain and lets us see who the Father really is. It encourages us to come into his loving welcoming presence. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Jesus is encouraging us to believe that he isn't going to stand over us like a cosmic policeman. He isn't going to be cross or angry like a Victorian schoolteacher. The welcome he offers for all who abandon themselves to his mercy is the welcome that God offers. That's the welcome, the hospitality that we are called as all saints to show and to share. You remember the handful of rice video from last week. How has that been percolating for you this week? What have you been thinking about what you could give? What are the little things that could be done in secret? that would enable others to participate fully in the joy of the kingdom. We do need to talk about the things that are burdensome. We need to make sure that the things that weigh us down and make us weary are the things that we can put down or that others perhaps can carry that load for us for a time. 
But we also need to talk about the joy of, the, of knowing Jesus and the joy of making him known. The freedom that comes from living out all that we are called to be. Of each of us using our gifts and our talents, whatever they may be. Of discerning what God might be calling us to for this next season. The delight that comes from knowing something of God's love by being in community. Today, I've been ordained for five years. There's some great photos on Facebook. Christine, the same. We were ordained together uh, in Winchester Cathedral five years ago today. There's a great joy and celebration and anticipation of all that God will do through those ministers. We pray particularly today for those who have not been able to be ordained this year yet and are that where that is being delayed until later in the year. But on days like today, we remember what it means to be the family of God, each of us playing our part and thinking about what it is that we might do to bring about his kingdom here on earth. Will you pray with me wherever you are? Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending Jesus to be our saviour to lift us out of the mess that we get ourselves in. To show us joy in, the, in all its fullness in your kingdom. And we thank you for that invitation. Help us today to rest in your presence and to know your great love for us and your mercy and your grace. Show us those areas of our lives that you need to, we need to work on in light of your truth. And Lord, in the stillness now, will you reveal to us something that we may do or say or bring or carry or make or tear down or change whatever it may be, Lord, for each one of us uniquely that would help each one of us to play our part in building your kingdom here. Amen.